0: Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime.
1: Hey, Next on the T Nation, thanks for tuning into this segment of the show. I really appreciate all your support. If you're enjoying the show, please go online to podcastmagazine.com and vote for us in their hot 50 list. You'll see a tab to vote right there on their homepage. Stay up to date with our guest schedule by going online to nextonthetea.net. I really appreciate you. Enjoy the segment. Before we get started, I always like to remind you about our friends over at the Macklemore. As you guys know, my buddies and I were there for our annual golf trip not that long ago, and it was simply amazing. Everything about the place is first class. We had great accommodations. The practice facility is wonderful. The on-premise restaurant called The Craig has outstanding food and service, and the course lived up to every expectation that we had for it. So I simply can't say enough great stuff about the place. See for yourself why I say that by going online to themacklemore.com. The golf course is co-designed by our good friends Bill Bergen and Reese Jones and another friend and PGA Tour caddy, Kip Henley, said outside of Pebble Beach, it's the most beautiful 18th hole he's ever seen. And Golf agreed, oh by the way, naming it the best finishing home in America since 2000. See why we're all saying how great it is by checking out the course and the resort online at MacLamore.com. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade and their TP5 and TP5X golf balls. High draw, check. Low fade, check. Bump and run, out of the sand or flop shot, check, check, and check. No matter what shot you need to pull off, there's one ball that's better than them all, and that's the all-new TP5 and TP5X from TaylorMade. With a newly redesigned dimple pattern that decreases drag and increases lift, it's the number one ball in golf no matter the shot. So whether you need to hit it high over the trees, under, or maybe even through them, hit TP5 or TP5X, the one ball designed to handle it all. Check them out online by going to tailormadegolf.com for more information. Okay, now back with me here on Next on the TS Top 100 Instructor and a great friend of the show, like I said a moment ago, Tim Cusick. Let me remind you about Tim's background. He's been a member of the PGA of America since 1989. He's been named one of the best instructors in the state of Texas by Golf Digest every year since 2011. And in 2019, Golf Magazine named him one of the Top 100 Instructors in America. He's a three-time winner of the Teacher of the Year Award by the Northern Texas PGA section. He's also won the Horton Smith Award, which is given annually for outstanding and continuing contributions to professional golf education. Tim has also reached a level of master professional status. He has coached and helped more than 150 junior players secure a college golf scholarship. He has also coached players like Bruce Crampton, Brad Elder, Hollis Stacey, and Sandra Palmer. He formerly managed and taught at the Hank Haney Golf School and worked with Hank for 23 years. He's currently a member of the education faculty at PGA Frisco, the PGA of America's new headquarters in Frisco, Texas. He's written a great book titled The Four Keys to Improve Your Game, which you can find out on Amazon.com. And I'm honored to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Tim, thanks for coming back on the show.
2: Chris, it's certainly my pleasure. And first of all, congratulations on moving up the list of uh, the podcast. That's awesome. What a great accomplishment.
1: I ah, appreciate it. Thanks to great guests like you that uh, listeners appreciate the show. So thank you very much for that. Thanks for being here again tonight. So my friend, catch us up. It's been a minute since we got to have you on the show. What's going on out there at PGA Frisco?
2: You know, it has been a minute or so. Um, I uh, I I was the director of instruction at the Four Seasons for 15 years and, and left there about this time last year uh, to, uh, to join a you know, it could be a, a lifetime experience. It looks like it's going to be a lifetime experience with uh, partnering with the PGA of America and uh, and PGA Frisco, the new development that's being uh, built uh, north of Dallas, um, six hundred million dollar project that uh, the PGA headquarters are moving their uh, their headquarters from Florida to to Frisco, and uh, the education faculty, which I'll be part of, uh, has moved from Port St. Lucie. Uh, to Frisco as as well, so um, it's just it's. It, I can give you a, I can give you a, you know a, a quick rundown on it. Um, two championship golf courses, one Bo Welling one Gil Hans. A ten hole short course that Bo and Gil uh, collaborated on. A seventy five thousand square foot putting course, second largest only to Bandon Dunes. Both the putting course and the and the uh, the short course are lighted. Uh, a uh, 500-room Omni Hotel, 12 F&B outlets, and, uh, and as I said, um, we'll have uh, the PGA headquarters and the education uh, department all in one building that we're hopeful is done uh, this coming February.
1: So, yeah, when you say hopeful, we uh, I think everybody in the, in the golfing world has got our fingers crossed. It. Are those two golf courses that you mentioned, are they still on pace to open up next summer, or is it going to be beyond that?
2: Chris, if we walked out there tomorrow morning, you could play them right now. they were They wow. were grassed in and done. Uh, I would say, my last trip out there in 2020 was just before they went dormant in November, and the day I was out there, they were mowing fairways and rolling greens. and um, then uh this uh this summer, all they've been doing is just continuing to make them even better. They will start in 2023 with 10 years in a row of, of national championships uh, run by the PGA of America. The first up is uh, the Senior PGA Championship, which is in 2023, and then in 2024, the Ladies KPMG LPGA Championship. And, and the big one in 2027 will be the PGA Championship coming up.
1: That's a lot of national championships played in the same spot, which is outstanding. As the course, you know, is it going to mature enough or is there a lot of trees that need to grow and or stuff like that? Give us an idea of what the golf courses look like.
2: Well, the, the land is uh, incredibly rolling and I don't want to say hilly, but I'm going to say there's probably about an elevation change of about 200, 250 feet. Uh, it was an old farm. Uh, there was a farmhouse on top of the property that had been there for 150 years, I would say. Uh, that has been replaced now by uh, just a, a state-of-the-art comfort uh, 19th pole, not 19th hole, but uh, halfway house that they're building that's going to be just very, very special. Um, the golf courses have uh, Gil Hans did... Um, I don't want to call it the championship course, but that's where most of the championships will be played. Um, Bo did uh the other golf course and it's very, very interesting. And I'm sure they'll utilize that for uh for a number of tournaments as well. But they have different characteristics. Um very not not really a lot of trees. Obviously north of Dallas we tend to get a little bit of wind. You'll have the wispy grass, you'll have the there's there's a couple really nice um uh panther creek runs through the property um it is a piece of land that you would picture uh prairie dunes like uh i guess if you wanted something to to match it up with or just kind of have a look of it uh and it it looks like it's been there right now for 50 years
1: and tim as you mentioned the education faculty will be housed there so for people like me that want to come get a lesson from tim cusick I gotta imagine the training facility that's gonna be there is gonna be outstanding.
2: So we're gonna have uh two different centers. So the education faculty, which I'm a part of, is actually uh set up to uh train and mentor the next generation's PGA professionals coming up and through. So I've I've shifted gears a little bit to where uh I've become more of a professor now with the PGA of America. So I am doing their teaching and coaching seminars, helping uh, mentor um, future master professionals. I sit on the National Teaching and Coaching Committee as a staff liaison. And so a lot of my work now is is helping the next generation and, and, and today's PGA professionals I still do some teaching but I do that uh, right now uh off site at a facility called the golf ranch which is in Richardson. My buddy Steve Johnson who is a partner with Hank Haney uh runs that facility and so I have time for about ten or fifteen lessons a week that I get out there and teach and uh so I have I have some full days which is uh which is which is great. Oh, no. Now they're gonna have Chris, they're gonna have a a second teaching facility. The driving range is about 450 yards deep. The tee goes 280 degrees around the driving range. And on the opposite side of the education center, there will be um, a, a, another state-of-the-art teaching building, and we'll have a dedicated teaching staff that will take care of all the golf instruction. So um, my, my role is more uh, a professor than it is a golf instructor at that facility.
1: Tim, switching gears a little bit and you talk about training the next generation. Well, the Texas chapter of the PGA of America, you've got so many talented players coming up through your junior programs. We got introduced early this year at the Masters to Will Zalatoris. We we've got a couple of great Texans on the Ryder Cup team in Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler. Talk about the programs and the junior programs that you're involved with.
2: You know, the Northern Texas PGA section. Uh, is just, it, 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 it's a tremendous, tremendous section in, in a lot of different, uh, ways, uh, philanthropic, uh, for our, our, our members, uh, of the PGA and then also for our junior golfers coming up. And, uh, the Northern Texas, the Northern Texas PGA section is going to relocate to PGA Frick, PGA Frisco as well. It's going to be right next to, uh, the education center, actually. And they're getting ready to break ground on that in about another month or so. But we have, um, you know, on the Ryder Cup team, we've got Jordan Spieth and, and uh, Scotty Scheffler was a, a captain's pick as well. Both of those guys came up through our junior programs. Will Zalatoris, the uh, newly crowned rookie of the year, came up through that same Northern Texas PGA section uh, junior program. Bryson DeChambeau lives in Dallas. He's lived in Dallas since he went to SMU. He didn't take part in our junior programs, but he's very, very generous with his time with junior golfers in the area. And uh, and he's on the Ryder Cup team as well.
1: So, Tim, i got to get your thoughts on those captain's picks. When you look at who uh, Captain Stricker put on the team, Tony Finau, Xander Schauffele, Harris English, Daniel Berger, and then the aforementioned Jordan Spieth and Scotty Shepard, those are the captain's picks. You happy with those captains' picks, or if it was if it was Captain Cusick, might uh, might a, a player to have been interchanged?
2: You know, that's a, that's obviously that's a that's a tough scenario for uh, for Steve Stricker and Fred Couples and uh, and and Phil Mickelson. It's very very difficult. Um, and they they keep shuffling it every every couple of years to to figure out you know what the mix should be. Should it be how many automatic and how many captains' picks? Um, it, it, uh, you know, it was six and six this year. I think it's the most captain's picks a a captain has ever had. Uh, I like Harris English for sure. I mean, he has played fantastic this year. Jordan has played well this year. Scotty has played well, although he hasn't won, but he's been very consistent. And, you know, when, when, when Steve Stricker and Freddie and, and, and Phil and even Tiger, I mean, I know, I know, uh, I know Steve Stricker is talking to Tiger a lot and, wanted them at whistling straights and it just doesn't work out. But, um, you know, they're always trying to match people up. That's It's not just, it, it's a lot about how you play, but it's about matchups as well. And it's about, you know, the way people's games are and the way the games are to fit whistling straights. And, you know, especially team competition. And so you've got Daniel Berger, and, who's a very consistent player. Scotty is a, it makes a ton of birdies. And, uh, and Tony Finau just won a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I don't think that there's any question about Harris English. Could you have gone a different way? Um, certainly Billy, Billy Horschel won this past weekend and he, you know, he was, he was sitting there. He could have been a pick. Kevin Nah could have been a pick. I mean, there's probably three or four that really, uh, you know, you would have, could have, should have, but we're going to have to go with captain Stricker and, and, uh, and take the team we've got to whistling Straits.
1: Tim. Your designation by Golf Magazine as a top 100 instructor is a tremendous accomplishment. Talk about what that means to you.
2: You know that 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 uh that award, that appointment, uh that selection when I when I uh, I got the call, I actually got the call from Mike Adams who's uh who's in the Hall of Fame, um World Golf Hall of Fame, um a tremendous uh, instructor. He called me I remember in 2019, I was sitting there watching a Cowboys football game and he called me at halftime and, and uh, you know, asked how I was doing and said, hey, I've got some good news for you. And I think I yelled louder for that, that uh, announcement than I, <laughs> I than I did at the Cowboys team. Um, but, uh, and then I, I was able to, to receive the same honor uh, a couple months ago. And it means a lot to me. It means that, you know, what I've done for the last 30, 35 years in, in my teaching career and as a PGA professional, it uh, doesn't go unnoticed, like and and uh, you're rewarded for, for the hard work and, and all the success that you've had in teaching. And so that and, and becoming a master professional in teaching and coaching with the PGA of America are two great honors.
1: So, Tim, I got to get a couple of playing lessons from you tonight because I'm struggling hard Certainly. in my golf game. Um, I want to start really uh, on the green because one of the things that, uh, and I don't know maybe because I'm old now, but reading greens has become something that uh I need a lot of help with. Sometimes I don't even read the, the right break going in the right direction. So um <laughs> and I know you were just recently at a place where reading greens is is paramount up at O'Manso, oh so I need oh. I need your help trying to figure out how do I read greens better?
2: Well, what a treat it was last week to play uh I played 18 holes on last Wednesday and 27 on Thursday, and, and and I guess fortunate for us, we had a little bit of rain that uh, that slowed the greens down just a tad, and they probably were only rolling about 13, but they were still firm, and there's so much undulation in those greens. Uh, Chris, there's a number of different ways that you can look at it in terms of reading greens, and, and I, I kind of go through about four or five or six with my, my students. I like taking a look at the green. Uh, as I approach the green, off the green, away from the green, I can see from a distance the overall contour of, of, of how the green moves. And then specifically in between the golf ball and the hole. And then I started looking for, you know, low points in the green where the water would drain. And, and and water has to drain. The green can't be perfectly flat or else it would die if there was water on it. It would it would bake. So there has to be subtle movement throughout the green. And then as I mark my golf ball, I'll stand to the side. Bones Mackay, Phil's uh, old caddy, used to do this a lot where he'd stand there with his arm behind his back like he was going to putt, to just feel what his feet are feeling. Not necessarily what his eyes are seeing, but what his feet are feeling. Are his toes being pulled towards the golf ball, which would mean a a left-to-right break? Are his toes up in the air and he's back on his heels, which would be a right-to-left break for a right-handed golfer? So that starts the process. And then I start taking a look at at how the hole is tilted, which way is the hole tilted, because that tells me, as the ball is rolling its slowest, which way it's susceptible to move at the hole. And so that helps me get a a picture going into the hole, which way it's going to move. People like to look at the hole as a clock. The front of the hole is 6 o'clock. The back of the hole is 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock on the right side. 9 o'clock on the, on the left, and picturing where you see the ball going in the hole in reference to a clock and then drawing a line or an arc, a straight line or an arc, depending on the type of putt, back to the golf ball. Those are some ways that you can read greens. There's other ways. Uh, I don't expect my student to go through all of those. Pick one that works for you, and that might be a, a, a good way to just help you with the, with the reading greens. One of the best ways, though, is to have good distance control. Because when you have good distance control, you have a better idea how much break you have to play. When your distance control is inconsistent, it's very difficult to read the greens because you don't know how hard you're going to hit it.
1: And speaking of how hard you're going to hit it, as we back away from the green a little bit, sort of that in-between shot, let's let's say inside of 100 yards, trying to dial in the distance with whether it's a pitching wedge, sand wedge, lob wedge, it, uh, it gets tricky. What's a good way for us to figure out what distance and how much of a swing we need to take and then what club we need to pull when we're
2: sort of in that
1: in-between less than 100 yards out?
2: Chris, I would say a very uh, successful way, and a lot of uh, world-class players will do this, is they almost back into a yardage. What they'll do is they'll take their wedges. They'll take their their lob wedge, their sand wedge, their gap wedge, their pitching wedge. So you've got four clubs there. Let's say it's 60, 56, 52, 48. And um, what they will do is they'll start making certain length swings. Let's say, let's say nine o'clock, which means that your, your, your lead arm, your, your left arm for right handed golfer is parallel to the ground and you hinge your wrist in the backswing and you swing all the way through with a consistent tempo or rhythm. And as you start making a consistent length swing, you're going to get a consistent distance. And then you figure out what that distance is. And then I found that if you choke down maybe into the middle of the grip, that will probably take about five yards off the shot. So now with the same swing, but two different grips, you've got two different distances five yards apart. And then you take the, you do that with a 60, you do that with a 56, you do it with a 52, you do that with a 48. So you've got what? You've got uh, eight distances with one golf swing. And you might have some overlap, but if you have overlap, one's going to fly higher than the other. One will release more. And that's a process that you can do. You could use a swing that's shoulder length to shoulder length and do the same thing. And all of a sudden, you start gathering these yardages. Carry yardage is the most important. I always talk about divot to ball mark. That's what you're trying to measure. And as you do that, you're going to start creating yardages from about 40 to 115, 120 yards and uh you become very very accurate trying to make set length swings to get a set yardage.
1: Tim uh, another flaw in my golf swing is uh I'm starting to get over the top and pull hooking my iron while I'm slicing my driver. I'm trying to concentrate to keep my right shoulder still, try to keep that thing quiet because I think I'm sort of getting out in front of the golf uh, in front of my golf swing. What are some of the things that I can do to fix both of those problems?
2: So, Chris, um, that, that's a very common problem. Uh, the pull hook typically comes with the uh, more lofted clubs, and the, the, the slice to the right uh, comes with the straighter face clubs. And, it, I'll, you know, it, it's really the same swing, but it's what you're doing with the club face at, at, at impact. So uh, TrackMan and... and Flight scope and the other launch monitors have told us for the last 10 or 15 years that a good majority of the initial direction of the shot has to do with the club face first and foremost, and the path has a little bit to do with it. But the club face is the predominant predominant influence of the initial direction of a shot. So if you have your swing coming out and down to the left with the path for a right-handed golfer and the club face, is square to the direction you're swinging you're going to hit a pull and if the club face is closed to the direction you're swinging you're going to hit a pull hook if you come out and down to the left with the driver and the face is open to the direction you're swinging you're going to start imparting side spin that moves from left to right depending on how wide that range is the club face to the path will depend on how much that ball curves from from left to right the key is, is that you've got, first of all, you got to make sure that the club isn't moving too much inside in the takeaway and the backswing that's making you come over the top. So make sure that club's coming back and up onto the plane. And then you need to feel as though wherever you take the club back, you're going to hit a little bit inside and out to right field on the downswing. Almost, almost what you might think Jim Furyk might feel like, because you're making, a, you're making a loop. You're just making a reverse loop. You're making an opposite of what Jim Furyk's doing. So you want to feel like wherever you take the club back in the backswing, you're going to hit a little inside and out to right field on the downswing. Make some practice swings that way, and that'll help change that initial direction of the shot.
1: Tim, before I let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing, whether it's checking out your website or following you on social media?
2: Absolutely. so my website is timcusickgolf.com, dot c u s i c k if i spell my last name tim uh on uh on facebook tim cusick golf on twitter tim cusick golf and on instagram it's cusick.tim. tim and uh my email address is tim at timcusickgolf.com.
1: well Tim it's been great catching up with you and having you back as part of the show again tonight i hope we get to I uh, spend a lot more time with you more frequently and a lot sooner than uh, than this time. Uh, you're fantastic, my friend. I can't thank you enough for being generous with your time.
2: Chris, thanks so much. I can't wait to show you PGA Frisco when it's, uh, when it's all set and ready. And uh, congratulations again on all the fine work with your podcast. I can't wait to talk to you again. You're doing a great job.
1: I appreciate you, Tim. Stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon.
2: Will do. Thanks, sir. See you, Tim.
1: That's the great Tim Cusick. Again, Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor uh, folks. Check him out online. A lot of great uh, videos as well. If you go to YouTube and search for Tim Cusick, again, the spelling of his last name is C-U-S-I-C-K. So you check it out. There's a lot of great content there. And I, and it's also on his website. He's got links to YouTube, but you'll find it uh, when you go under the media section of his website. Again, TimCusickGolf.com. Look forward to catching up with uh, Tim again soon.
0: Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard, just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime
2: the winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners so start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each these bonds earn a fixed seven percent APY and there's no fees penalties or minimum balance required and they can be redeemed whenever you like You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to WorthyBonds.com backslash save. That's WorthyBonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at NaturalBody.com.